Welcome and thanks for checking out this podcast from First International Christian Fellowship. The following message you are about to hear was carefully crafted with you in mind. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope that this message speaks to you as it did to us. Now here's Pastor Joe Salcido delivering this week's sermon. You know, we, 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 I, looked at, I always look at my, my Father's Day and my Mother's Day, my New Year's and my Christmas message the year before. And I knew this was my opening as well uh, last year. But I think it's just right that we always open with this when it comes to Father's Day or Mother's Day. Because this is what God has commanded all of us to do. Other than obeying is honoring them. That's why we're observing it. I know it was someone else's idea years ago. But as believers, as we take this and make it into ours, is that we look at the scriptures and the scripture tells us to honor our father and our mother. Obey our father and our mother. I know, other than myself, I know my other friends who were disobedient to their parents. They're rebels, you know. It was like a badge of honor, as we thought it was. You know, the leather jacket wearing, the tattoo guys, you know, the rebellious guys, the bad boys, the bad boys, the bad girls. We thought we were partying until 10 years later. We're the broke kids, you know. We're the guys that were having the rough life because we didn't listen to our parents. The simple thing, especially it would, with, at my household, my mom always told me, stay in school. Stay out of trouble. All of that she told me not to do, I did all of them. <laughs> it was the opposite. And this, and this says, this is the first command with the, with the promise. And the opposite is true. If you are not obedient to your parents, you will have a tough life. For the rebels here, say amen. Okay, there's a few. <laughs> Very honest rebels, Amen. You are, we have, that's first step to recovery, is <laughs> admitting that there is a problem, right? Isn't this true? If you look back at your batchmates or your friends, or group of friends, the ones that were truly listening, obedient to their parents, they're the ones who are having a great time right now. They're the ones that are driving the car that you wanted to drive. They're the ones that, are, are, that have that career that you thought you could do too, but you just chose to party. You party hard, now your life is hard. Right? So those of us, those of you who still have an opportunity to continue to obey your parents, my plea with you is to surrender to what God is saying here. Children, obey your parents. And I'm not because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not speaking from, I already said it, right? I'm not speaking from a high horse here. I myself was very, I was very disobedient. And I suffered a lot. There, was, there is consequences to bad decisions. So as we honor our, our mothers tonight, we have to look at ourselves. Are we, as a child, are we honoring our parents? Are we obeying our parents? Because as we do this, not just for the promise now, not just for the promise of blessing, but just because you love God. Amen? I know we've discussed it many times, that if you love God, you keep His commandments. And this is one of the commandments. And as we go through the night, we're going to see an, an example of a disobedient child. And we're going to see an example of an obedient child. So those are going to be charges to the child. And then there's going to be a charge to the mother. 
I was told too that last year, my mother's, mother's uh, day message was lighter than my father's day message. So, um, I guess I, if I play favorites. <laughs> no, I, I see the women in this church, I see as uh, there are more mature women in our church, FICF. You guys are doing a great job as women of the faith. You are truly carrying yourselves according to what the scriptures is instructing you to do. And I, I say to keep up the good work. And God will continue to bless you. If he hasn't blessed you already, he will. You just have to continue to walk the walk. Now for my brothers and my sisters who choose to disobey your parents, if you are not yet experiencing the consequences of it, I pray that you never will because you'll turn around. I pray that you never will experience because sometimes they say we, we are smart if we learn from our mistakes, correct? Okay, maybe it's just me. <laughs> we are smart if we learn from our mistakes, but we're smarter if we learn from other people's mistakes. So be smarter, be wiser. Learn from our mistakes, the disobedient ones. Disobedient children here, the rebellious ones, feel free to share your not-so-smart decisions and how your life is now, how it turned out to be, how difficult it was to the young ones, to the younger ones, so that they will not take the wrong path as you did. Because that's how we help each other. Amen? We need to humble ourselves enough. We need to be humble to admit that we didn't make the right decisions. But by the grace of God, God has pulled us through. Correct? But not until, not until we suffered the consequences. Because our sins are forgiven, but the penalties for our decisions, they're there for us to, to experience. Let's continue. Why? The question is why? Why obey? Right? Other than the blessings earlier, there's another one. In Proverbs 13.13 13, it reads, People who despise advice are asking for trouble. Those who respect a command will succeed. Simple enough. Simple enough. But the simple things are the hardest things to do. Do you realize that? The hardest lessons to learn are the things that we think we already know. Pride comes before the fall. Is another verse. Right? God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. You see pride here? The proud person does not want to hear it. It's like a 16-year-old kid saying, I know everything. I'm already working. I'm making four fifty an hour. I can do all these things. I can be by myself. I can just live with my friends. My friends love me. They love me. I love them. Six months later, see how's that working for you? Right? A proud person never wants to listen to advice, especially to God. A proud person never wants to listen to God. A proud person does not want to surrender to God. A proud person does not want to recognize that there is But the opposite, the humble, the obedient ones, there is success behind it. So tonight I pray that if you are going through this dilemma, if you are a child who hasn't been obeying your parent, if you, have, or if you are a parent who has a disobedient child, we continue to pray. If you have done everything in your power to explain, to pour out your love, to give 
your best explanation why they shouldn't do it, yet they still continue to do it. All we have is God, and we have everything with God. Amen? But if you're a child who continues to disobey what God has told you, can we make sure that doesn't fall on you guys? Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, we just need to continue to recognize that in humility, there is, we open ourselves to learn. When we humble ourselves, we open ourselves to learn and to accept things that we don't know everything. Amen? As I see it in my life, the things that ha the, the moments, the very things that I disobeyed my, my parents with were the very things that I paid for. It's very tough to experience. And I know my, 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 my parents uh, did not say, see, I told you so. They didn't say that. They didn't have to. I had it. I, I experienced it in, in my life. I had a, a very hard time financially. Uh, with my career, it's very hard. If, if, if you own your own business, you own your own time, correct? But if you never develop discipline and you're your own boss, guess who's your worst employee? You. But the worst thing is you can't fire yourself. <laughs> so I had to learn. I had to learn from the, the bad. The, I had to learn the hard way. So my plea for the children is to make sure that you now, as early as now, to surrender to the truth. Surrender to God. If you haven't surrendered your life to Christ... That's the first thing. If you haven't surrendered your life to Christ, the next things are hard to do. If you want to surrender to the Lord, the God of the universe that created all things, why would you surrender to your parents who are telling you not to do the things you want to do? The things that you think are going to make, them, make you happy. And for us older children, for us older children who have children of our own already, who runs our own family, I'm... I, I have to bring, up, bring it up to you that you have to also still, we still have to honor our parents. We still need to obey our parents because they still know more than us. Amen? Those gray hairs on their head does, does not come along with not learning anything. Do we agree? Okay, maybe not. The other people, it's true though, not all older people are wise. Not all, all older people are wise, but your parents, they have the best in mind for you. That's why we need to obey our parents. I know a lot of children, other than the, the bad ones, I know a lot of the good ones who made the right decisions and are experiencing the blessings of God in their lives. Amen? Now let's see an example of a disobedient child. Please now turn your Bibles to Numbers chapter 6. Verse 1 to 8. And if this is your first time um, in this church, you will probably not like it because I won't give you help. I won't help you where to find the book. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you it's in the Old Testament. Numbers is in the Old Testament. <laughs> so Numbers chapter 6, verse 1 to 8. Let me begin reading here. It's not going to be in the slide. So the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, If a man or a woman wants to make a special vow, 
a vow of separation to the Lord as a Nazarite, he must abstain from wine and other fermented drink and must not drink vinegar made from wine or from other fermented drink. He must not drink grape juice or eat grapes or raisins. As long as he is a Nazarite, he must not eat anything that comes from the grapevine, not even the seeds or skins. During the entire period of his vow of separation, no razor may be used on his head. He must be holy until the period of his separation to the Lord is over. He must let the hair on his head grow long. Throughout the period of his separation to the Lord, he must not go near a dead body. Even if his own father or mother or brother or sister dies, he must not make himself ceremonially unclean on account of them because the symbol of his separation to God is on his head. Throughout the period of his separation, he is consecrated to the Lord. Now before you plan of grooming your hair here, men, and not getting a haircut anytime soon, that's not what this means, okay? This is just an account of what a Nazarite should be doing. And as if you can tell, and now turn your Bibles to Judges 14. And this is the story of Samson. Samson is in Judges chapter 14. Samson, uh, Judges is uh, before second Judges. No, there's, there's no second Judges. <laughs> it's after Joshua. <laughs> so we know that Samson was a Nazarite, correct? We all know Samson's story, correct? If you don't, we will, to give you a brief... Um, Rundown of it, he was chosen to be a judge of Israel. Before there were kings, there were judges. So Samson was chosen to be a judge of Israel for 20 years. His parents were given the instruction to not cut his hair because he is a Nazarite. He was set holy. The one side note there is, if a, if a Nazarite is set apart, holy for the Lord, guess if you are a believer, if you accepted Christ as your Lord, you too are separated as holy. Amen? This was our topic in, in, my Bible study, in our Bible study last Friday. But I see here, and we will see, Samson's disobedience to God. Samson's disobedience to his parents and to God, which led to his demise. In Judges 14, 1-3, you'll see there that he intermarried with the Philistine woman and did not listen to the command and to his parents. The command that he's not supposed to be. Wait. Okay. What are we doing there? There. He's not supposed to intermarry with anybody other than the Israelites. But he did it. And you see here, Samson went down to Timnah and saw that there, there a young Philistine woman were. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. His father and mother replied, Isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives or among all our people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? But Samson said to his father, Get her for me. She's the right one for me. See, it, he basically said, I know better than you, Dad. Don't argue with me. You're old school. Okay? 
You know what you're talking about. But the Bible already says they were told not to intermarry. It's just like in, in, in 1 Corinthians 6.14, do not yoke with an unbeliever for us. It still applies to us. Us believers, we have different standards. Our standard is right here. This is our, these are our standards. It's totally separate. We're holy, separated from the world. But when we argue with our parents, when we don't obey, we suffer the consequences. That's one example. In Judges 14, 8, 9 and 15, 15, he touched dead animals and even ate the honey inside the lion. And then Judges 16, 17, 19, that will read. 16, 17 to 19, he says here, So he told her everything. Delilah kept asking him, for the life of me, I couldn't understand why he told her. For many years, every time I went through my reading with my everyday Jesus, every time I go through Samson, I have a big note there for myself. Why did he tell her? It was so obvious that she was trying to get him caught. Because not once but twice that he was tied up after waking up, after he told her what supposedly was the sign of his weakness. But he told her, he told her, so I was thinking, okay, why? So the first thought was, maybe a nagging girl really can get anything she wants. <laughs> you know, that was my first thought. Okay, maybe she nagged him enough that, all right, you know what, forget it. Just, all right, I'll tell you my secret. Maybe he truly loved Delilah, I was thinking. But as, but only last week, sadly, I'm so sorry. If you think I'm such a great learner of the, <laughs> student of the word, man, I just got this last Friday. What I saw there is, for many years, Samson has been disobedient. Samson has been disobedient. You see this chapter, one chapter at a time. But we don't know how many years apart this is. So he has disobeyed straight commands from the Bible, straight commands from his parents. He knowingly disobeyed Jesus, or disobeyed God and his parents. So he's been living a disobedient life. So what more? What happened to him? Why did he tell Delilah his secret? You know why? Because he got so proud. He said, you know what? I can do all things. I'm Samson. I killed all these guys with a jawbone. He reversed all his victories and he thinks he doesn't need God anymore because he knows too that he disobeyed God for many years. And he has disobeyed his parents for many years, but he's been okay. He's living an, an okay life. Nobody could stop him. What can Delilah do to him? So what more if he disobeyed this command? This is a command. My head hasn't been shaved. He says here, we're going to read it, 1790. So he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I have been a Nazarite set apart to God since birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as any other man. And again, I'm telling you, I think he truly believed that this will not happen to him anymore because that's what sin does to us. One sin will lead to another sin and will lead to, lead to another sin and the enemy will just let you think that you're not going to suffer any consequences. It's good. Life is good, Joe. Keep doing it. You're going to be okay. See, you're okay. 
It's been five weeks that you've been, been going to church. It's been ten months that you haven't been intimate with God. But you're okay. Got money in the bank. You're healthy. It's okay. You need to obey Him. That's what happened to Him. He said these things, but he didn't believe it. Because if he did, why would he tell him, her? When Delilah saw that he had told her everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines, come back once more, he has told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with the silver in their hands. Verse 19, having put him to sleep on her lap, she called a man to shave off the seven braids of his hair, and so began to subdue him, and his strength left him. Then she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll, see, look at this. This is his pride. Pride comes before destruction. Comes pride before destruction. If you think you know everything, if you think you're strong without God, if you think that you can live this Christian life with your secret sins and darling sins, and you think... Like this, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not. He did not know that the Lord had left him. Now for the believers here, we've good to say this and I'll say it again. You don't lose your salvation. But that's not a license to sin. You lose your joy. You lose your blessings. You lose your effectiveness. Your efficiency. You lose your usefulness for God. And once you do that, you will feel terrible. I'm telling you. It's like having the flu. Only worse. And we know that's what happened to him. He did not get up. And the Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes, and took him down to Gaza. Binding him with bronze shackles, they sent him to grinding in the prison. But the hair on his head began to grow. God's grace. You see God's grace? It's always there. God's grace is there. God's grace and mercy is new every morning, the Bible says. If you haven't been living this Christian life successfully, if you've been stumbling here and there, you have to know our God is merciful. Our God is gracious. His hair, his hair started growing. But that's an example. That's an example of a disobedient child. God had many plans for him. He judged Israel for 20 years. And we know how this ended, correct? He asked for forgiveness from God, and God gave him another chance. But as soon, but the, 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 the great thing with that story too is, Samson killed more people of his enemy, killed more of his enemies during his death compared to when he was living. Because, as Galatians 2.20 says, right? For it is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live for him who loved me and gave himself for me. Once you take out your strength and start thinking, stop thinking that it's you who's going to bring someone to Christ. You know what? Once you finally accept that fact that it's not me, it's going to be God through me. Guess what's going to happen? Better results. Better results. Once you stop thinking that it is you who's doing all these things for God, and once you just die to yourself, then 
greater things will be accomplished. If you've been trying, I mean, how else are we going to do it, right? Other than exerting effort. When we're trying to repair relationships, our relationship with our parents, our relationship with our children, our relationship with our spouse, it does take effort on our part. It does. But the surrender and the surrender in our heart, it starts in our minds and our hearts where we say, it's not going to be me. It has to be God through me. Once we accept that, just like Samson. But then mind you, Samson asked for forgiveness and he repented. He stopped sinning. Well, of course, he's in shackles. He can't do anything stupid, right? Sometimes it takes for that for us to obey. Sometimes we need these hard things for us to finally obey God. We need to be knocked outside, upside our head. We need to be kicked down on the floor, on the ground, dirty, just like the prodigal son, about to eat the pig's food before we completely make sense of it like, oh my gosh. I need God, and I need to stop, stop living for myself, but stop living for Him. Sometimes, some of us, for most of us, sadly, it takes those things before we surrender to the truth. That's the example of a disobedient child through Samson. Now we're going to see an example of an obedient child in Timothy. Pastor Charles already gave us a... Um, an opening here earlier. In 2 Timothy 1.5, Paul speaking, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. Now the word here, in you, in your, lived in your grandmother, the lived in is the same as dwelt. Is to dwell in. And in the word first is, the original language is protos, which is where we got prototype. The first. So parents, grandparents, the children needs to see it in you first. In us first. A lot of things are caught better than it's taught. Children always see it. They see the the hypocrisy of what you're doing. If you're doing something else that's opposite of what you're trying to tell them. Obey God. I tell you, I need you to obey God. Don't do what I do. Do what I say. Don't go out partying there. Don't go drinking. But mom and dad, you got your beer in the fridge. Don't do what I do. Do what I say. When you're finally out of my house, then you can do whatever you want. Okay? But right now, you're going to do what I say. And don't for forget about what you see here. We don't say it that way. Maybe, maybe we do. I don't know. <laughs> maybe we do. But we have to live it. We have to live it. We have to show them. We have to exert it. But the sad thing is, even there are many times that even if there's a godly parent that's living everything according to what the Scripture says is truly and completely in love with God, sometimes, unfortunately, unfortunately, the children still choose to go make wrong decisions. But praise God, you're doing everything as God has told you to do. Amen? Because the number one person we need to please is God. Amen? He's the number one person that we need to please. But again, this is to show us 
here he lived in his grand in Timothy's grandmother and his mother. And Timothy became the pastor of the church that made so much impact that up to now everybody's experiencing. Timothy is an, ex an example of an obedient child. We all want a Timothy as a for a child, right? <laughs> yeah, no? Okay, I do. <laughs> we got Tim Tebow. <laughs> but here, this is not, this is not, again, the result of an obedient child is not up to you, parents. Do we agree? It's not up to you. But you living it in your life, you showing it, that's up to you. If you're going to live a godly life, if you're going to do everything as the Bible says, if you're going to speak with love and full of grace to them, then they will see it. And they can't deny it. And once they make that wrong decision, they can't put the, point the finger at you. Because they know you were loud and clear with your words and with your lifestyle. Amen? Some of us are blessed to, have a fa to come from a family with this. A godly grand grandmother and a godly mother. Not all of us do. But here's a question. Do you want on your tombstone? We're basically talking about when you when you go, right? What do you want? There's a the, what's the last message you want to convey, or what's the last thing you want people to remember you by? Is it this? Is this what you want in your tombstone? I told you I was sick. <laughs> what legacy do you want to leave behind? To your family is it is it money is it just money there's nothing wrong if you if you're if you're trying to prepare things for your family to be financially uh, stable that's fine but it shouldn't be just that right the legacy that that the grandmother and mom of Timothy gave left a godly legacy and here's one example of someone who left a godly legacy, and it's Susanna Wesley. She was the mother of 19 children. That's not a typo. That's 19, one nine. Including John and Charles Wesley. Charles Wesley wrote the hymns. John Wesley was the pastor. Through much adversity, she dedicated her life to instilling a sense of Christian destiny into each of her children. Her children went on to change the world. I pray that this is the kind of legacy, this is one of the legacies you want to leave with your family, or to people at least. She would, imagine 19 children. Man, I have two children. And I have a wife who helps me, and it's still challenging. She has 19. I mean, she still managed to leave a legacy of a godly legacy to her children. I want to read to you something here. Did you know that despite having 19 children, she still found time to pray? Women, mothers, parents, you need to find time to pray. 
You may have never heard of her, but you may have heard of her two sons, John and Charles Wesley. Two men who have impacted millions of lives for Jesus. If we look at history, many of the great theologians and church leaders express thanks to their mothers for shaping them into the men they became. And it says here, and we will see it later. These men, including John and Charles, owe much of their spiritual understanding and foundation to mothers who taught them God's word and prayed fervently and faithfully for their children. So I have mothers, parents, are you praying enough? Are we praying enough? Now, if you say, I don't have time, well, she didn't have time. 19? Among the noise and activity of her many children, Susanna's trick was to pull her apron over her head, signaling to them and anyone else around that she was in prayer and not to be disturbed. In an age where moms consistently lament about not being able to go to the bathroom alone, Susanna found a way to have time alone by disappearing under a piece of fabric. Like a giant do not disturb sign, her children knew Mama was to be left alone as she brought prayers and requests to God in the middle of the noise and bustle of a full household brings. And they were poor. They were poor. That means their house wasn't big enough for the children to go that way, go to the, the left or the west wing. Leave me here. I'm going to be in the library. <laughs> I'm going to do a quiet... No, it they were there and this was just put it on and she'll find time to pray she found with the 19 children I read somewhere that she still found time to spend time with one hour for each kid in the, the rest of the week she found time because her husband was a pastor she, and he was always out she, she was by herself raising her children and if that doesn't bring you to prayer I don't know what will Having 19 children by yourself and you're broke, you're poor, and you're not, and you're going to be proud and not surrender to God. And she did it. She found time with her children, an hour a day with all of her children for the whole week, and time to pray to God. Women, men, parents, pray. Be prayerful. Because you don't know. For us who have children here, we don't know who they will be in the future. What they will do. What kind of impact they will have to the world. For our faith and to the world in itself. We are all given the privilege to raise children. If you were given that privilege, you're given that privilege to raise a child. And that's a God-given gift. And you were entrusted with that. So make the right decisions. Be prayerful and spend time with them. Don't resent them. Amen? And this is what Ravi said, a part of what he wrote this year. Womankind in general and mothers in particular have done what the best of men could not do. There is something that combines intuition with courage that has been the incredible gift to women. Ask any missionary and they will tell you that the linguistic skills of a woman 
almost always exceed that of the man on the mission field. They are truly the great communicators in word and deed. Women in this church, can you say that about yourself? Are your words and your deeds together aligned with God's will for you and how He wants you to be the mother of your children, to be the spouse for your husband? It's the same thing for parents. The charge just doesn't go to the moms. The charge goes to the men. But I'll get, I'll get with you next month. These are a couple godly men that were influenced by their mother that made such great impact for our faith. If you don't know these names, hopefully these names will tonight, you'll remember them. Charles Spurgeon, called the great preacher. I am sure that in my early youth, no teaching ever made such an impression upon my mind as the instruction of my mother. John Wesley. I learned more about Christianity from my mother than from all the theologians in England. That's a great thing. Amen? That's a great thing. That's a big challenge too, isn't it? That's a great challenge for us to have. For the women in this church. For us parents. For us believers, the charge goes to us believers because the world is watching us. More than them hearing what we're saying, they're watching us. Is our life connected or related or is it a contradiction to what we're saying? Is, a life for our, is our, our, our lives proving that God is true, that God is, has changed, that God is powerful, that God can change a stubborn child to an obedient child? Are you showing them that? Or are you showing hypocrisy? We're saying one thing, but you're doing another. I say that because the next thing is here. Mind your testimony through your life. As the, the mothers of those godly men that we just saw, we see in these verses here, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, for parents, your children are watching you. For us, for all of us believers, you have your own mission fields. The, your co-workers are watching you. Are you living the life that the Bible says or what they think the Bible says? Are you showing that or are you contradicting it? Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Romans 6.13 Do not present your members, your body, as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. But present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. To simplify it, to relate it to tonight and to today's occasion, children... Be obedient to your parents. Believers, we need to submit to the authority that's put under us. <laughs> is there a Christian activist in the room? No, okay, good. <laughs> no, because we have to submit to the authority that is placed upon us whether we like it or not. Unless, unless it is that authority, unless that authority is telling us to move away from our relationship with God. That's the only time you can disobey. 
When your parents are telling you, don't go to church, that's a different faith from us. That Jesus thing is baloney. Don't go there. That's when you can disobey your parents. Right? That's when you can disobey your parents because the first person that you need to please and to obey is God. Because the first and greatest commandment is love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. There. They throw you the fourth commandment, you give them the first commandment. If they know the Bible. <laughs> you wanna, you know. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> but as we close... God's love is higher than a mother's love. I know we've honored our, our mothers here tonight. And you do. You deserve it. I think you deserve more than one day. But God's love is, surpasses mother's love. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and, can, and have no compassion on the child she has born? And then, she, and then God answers that question. Because sadly, there are mothers that could care less for their children. Amen? They just basically donated the child to the world. And then they want to give it back. They want to see, where's the return uh, side here, please? I want to return this one. There's no more orphanages here in America. They switch it to adoption programs. Did you know that there are, it's been about 100,000 of the 400,000 Children currently in the system are waiting to be adopted by either by the, by their foster parents or by an adoptive family. They're in the system. That's a lot of ch unwanted children. And we're not even going to talk about the abortion part, right? These are the ones that are living, that were given up. They were given up. So yeah, as we honor the mothers here tonight, for the sacrifice that you've done and the love that you've given to your children and to your family, there is still a greater love than those. And it's here. In John 3.16 and in Romans 5.8 shows us that God's love surpasses all kinds of human love. All kinds of human love. Even the mother's love. Because there are moms there that if you just completely disobey over and over and over again, they're going to disown you. Right? I think I've been disowned many times, but she's gracious to just keep taking me back. <laughs> right? It's the mother, the, God's love is right here. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners or his enemies, Christ died for us. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Even before you knew you needed saving. Even before you knew you needed a Savior. God gave His life for you. So mothers, as we, again, as we thank you for everything that you've done for your family, the urgency or the, the, the thing is that you cannot stop doing what you're, you started doing. You have to continue to pray for your children. You have to continue to live the life. You live it out. You show your children 
your faith in your life, not just by your words, but also by your deeds. It's all to all the parents and children. We need to obey our parents. For with this, there's a promise that our lives will be blessed. Not because you just want the blessing, but because you love God first. Because if you love me, keep my commandments, Jesus said in John 14, 15. That's our message tonight. God bless all of you. Mothers, God bless all of you. Thank you for your time. Please join me in the word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your message tonight. Lord, I pray for strength and I pray for, for surrender. Strength to surrender, Father, to what we've heard here that we are still not agreeing to. That, we are ha that our hearts is still not accepting completely. I pray for my brothers and my sisters who still would choose to disobey, disobey you and disobey their parents. I pray, Father, that you will soften their hearts. And as you soften their hearts, Lord God, you will make it clear in their minds that they are not doing the right thing. They're just making it hard for themselves. And Father, I pray for the parents, Lord God, the parents of those children, Lord. I pray that you give them the strength to tarry through, Lord God. To just fight on, Lord God. Continue to fight the good fight for their children. I pray for all the parents here, Lord God, that and us, all the believers, us who claim that we are your people, Lord, I pray that you, Father, help us to live our lives holy and pleasing to you, Father God. Forgive us, Lord, for all of our sins. Forgive us, Lord, for the times that we've shamed you and your name and ruined our testimony and put your name in the gutter. We thank you for your grace and your mercy that is new every morning. Father, I pray for, for real conviction. I pray for resolve, Lord God. For those of us who have been doing this but are discouraged, Lord, I pray that you just continue to give us the strength. Just live it out, Lord God, until you take us home. Lord, bless your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That's the end of today's message. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and want to support our mission of reaching others, help grow our ministry by visiting ficfreno.com slash give. To get the latest updates from our channel, hit the subscribe button. Visit our Facebook page by clicking the link below to let us know how God is moving in your life.